Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Wonderful. Well, who's having a great Easter? And uh, fab. I, I have, you know, I also illustrated the book. And uh, so that you understand the, uh, the, the deep nature of the stories that I'm writing about. Um, I want you to know that it is technically fictional. <laughs> That's for legal reasons, so no one sues my butt off. <laughs> Otherwise, it's entirely true. And uh, so, uh, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Well appreciated by Neil at the front. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 2 to 5. It says this, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and, he, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed." You know, this is one of the most amazing Old Testament prophecies written about a a thousand years before Christ. And and such an amazing prophecy um, written not just describing Jesus Christ and His crucifixion, but perhaps more powerfully describing our relationship with Him while He is being persecuted and being crucified for our sin. And it's not just a description of what is happening to Jesus, but it's a description of how we're responding to Jesus when that is happening. And, and I think that, you know, humanity is always the same, isn't it? Solomon, King Solomon says in uh, Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And I believe that we are, humanity are people that we like heroes. But there's something about the nature of heroes that every hero has to have a fall. And when they have a fall, then we're the ones first in to kind of, oh dear, we don't like them anymore. That's like the hero has the fall and suddenly they're not a hero anymore. And, you know, um, I remember watching The Voice and um, who remembers Buck's Fizz? Oh yeah, the bad, wasn't it? And, uh, but we liked them at the time. There's a, I'm speaking to a limited audience right now. <laughs> and uh, won the uh, European Song Contest probably somewhere in the 80s, was it? And, um, and uh, so Bucks Fizz, uh, they were um, a, a very uh, popular band uh, for a short period of time. And um, then they actually sort of disappeared. In fact, they, they, um, they had a, a coach crash. Um, and uh, it was uh, a number of them were quite seriously injured and they stopped performing after that and then the band kind of um, 
sort of fell apart. Well, the voice came, and I think it was this year. Um, it could have been last year, but it was on the voice that one of the Bucksbears singers tried to make a comeback. And um, so there she is singing away. And I remember Bucksbears, and, you know, it's one of those kind of fond memories of a band that no longer exists, you know? They're sort of like, they, they were represented a period of time. And, but here's this woman, um, was the hero, now something about you is kind of like, mm, yeah, it's all kind of gone wrong, hasn't it, love? <laughs> it's kind of, I suggest <laughs> you pick up your handbag and you don't come back on the stage again. It's like, and, uh, and the amazing, so there she is singing on the stage and sure, no one picked her. And I'm thinking, now everyone has a different image. We used to have an image of the hero, but now we have an image of the failure, the disaster. Somebody we once admired, now we kind of feel a little awkward over. Because it's like she kind of fell. She kind of, it never kind of worked for her in the end. And the desperation trying to make it, make it sort of, trying to make that comeback. And I think that it's written within our hardwiring to kind of, we want the hero, but if the hero falls, there's an awkwardness because now they're no longer the person who we thought they were. So we kind of, there's a rejection. And the same goes with Jesus when he walked upon the earth. He was the hero. You've got to imagine that his presence when he walked in and he he gathered the disciples around him, he had a, a commanding presence. There was something about him that drew men to him, the way he spoke with authority uh, and with strength and compassion. The, the fact that he took all his mates, one of the first thing he does is take them to a wedding for a party. I mean, what kind of leader? How awesome is that? And not only does he take his mates to a wedding for a party, but he makes wine. A vast amount of wine and good stuff too. A great vintage. I mean, if, if you're ever going to follow... A saviour, you want to follow a saviour who makes best wine, don't you? And uh, so here he is. Here's the hero. And during that time, he begins to destroy the strongholds of religious control that was held over the children of Israel. He begins to rebuke and publicly uh, rebuke the Pharisees and the scribes and the Uh, the teachers of the law and he began to break down the strongholds of power and so the common man the man who never had a voice is beginning to feel a sense of hope and not only that but he walks amongst them and he heals the sick the ones who can't afford the doctor um, he can't afford the leeches and uh, (laughs) I guess that's all they had (laughs) as far as it did in Blackadder's day anyway I know that much and uh, so that was another pointed, not reference, yeah. A whole lot of people don't appreciate that one either. And uh, so there's a lot of people who, who couldn't afford the doctor, but there is Jesus Christ and he's walking and he's healing the sick and he's, he's, he's moving amongst them the hero who's speaking with a voice that's giving them hope, that's giving them redemption, that's giving them life, that's, that he's speaking to them in stories which are not always easy to understand but compelling to follow and suddenly here he is 
After all of this, for three years, he's walked with them and he's spoken to them and he's healed the sick and he's done incredible miracles. He's walked on water and he's raised the dead uh, and he's, he's brought such new life. He's fed the hungry and all of these miracles he's walked through and suddenly he's betrayed by one of his own. He's arrested and he's um, taken off by, the, um, by the, the Pharisees and he's taken off uh, to be beaten uh, and to be questioned and to be, uh, and to be rejected. And here he is in this place and, and the disciples, I mean, they're used to the hero. I mean, it's not like he, he hadn't been in that situation before. There were at least two other occasions when, when he was close to the point where he could have died if he hadn't have left. But he had this ability to just walk through a crowd. They were going to kill him, but he walked through the crowd. Only on this occasion, he didn't. And what do the disciples make of a hero that isn't being the hero anymore? How do you deal with a situation where someone isn't behaving in a way that you expect them to behave? That They're not being the victorious hero anymore, suddenly they're paying a price for the things they were saying as if, as if he was a man. But he was more than a man to them. He was their saviour. Peter had already confessed, you are the Christ, son of the living God. He, he, Peter had, had, had he got the revelation of who he was, but now he, he's looking at his saviour and he's looking at the Christ and, and he's He's been arrested. He's been beaten. He's been questioned. And, and Peter's world is falling apart. He's suddenly he's began to discover that, that everything that he thought was true, everything that he thought was good, is not what he thought it was anymore. And you know what? We, we have to understand that when we come to Christ, we come with this... We come with these expectations of the sort of things that we expect Jesus to do for us. Or the life that we, we expect, the things that we want to happen. We, after all, we want to be blessed, not cursed. Amen? We, we want to overcome, but we don't want to, we don't want to live with, with sickness. We want to be healed. We want, we want to be blessed. We want to live the life that the disciples were living with Jesus. That kind of life. In that environment where even in the hard times, even when the boat is rocking, that Jesus is there. The, he, the one who can still the storm, can speak the voice. That, that's what we expect him to do. But sometimes in life that doesn't happen. And the hero isn't seen anymore. We can't see what, what happened to the hero, Jesus. You know, it says of him in, um, in, in, it says of him in verse, where is it, verse 3, he is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, we, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. In other words, we didn't recognize that in the situations that we were going through, 
we didn't see Jesus. We didn't understand that it was Jesus. Jesus was there in the midst of our trials, in the midst of what we're going through. You see, sometimes Jesus in our life doesn't look like much. You see, it says that he was despised and he was rejected. Let me read that to you again. In verse 2 it says, He had no form of comeliness and when we saw him there is no beauty that we should desire him. But the reality is Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we sometimes we live our lives, but we live our lives and Jesus isn't seen. We don't see him. We don't understand him. We don't appreciate him. There isn't the beauty of Christ immediately before us. The reality of church on a Sunday is that when we're worshipping him, there's something about the beauty of Christ that comes through the worship, that comes through the song, the, 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 the amazing preaching you get every week. Oh, yeah. And so, you, there is something about that. You feel drawn to Christ on a Sunday, don't you? I mean, Sundays are the best day of the week. It's like, it's like this amazing celebration. It's like, it's, it's like a gardener going to the most beautiful garden and going, oh, it's beautiful. It's like, it's like, it's like a, a cabinet maker going uh, uh, to uh, an amazing uh, furniture place and seeing all beautiful furniture. It, it, it's like a, a car mechanic going to, um, going to a car show. It's like that's church for us. It's like it's the perfection of all of the things that you want. It, it happens on a Sunday. People's lives are touched. Everyone's loving each other. Coffee's free. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's just, we, we put everything together on a Sunday to, ma- to make it right. But often through the week, we can't see the beauty of Christ because we just can't see Him. That life is too much agony. There's too much heartache. There's, there's too much sorrow. And, and so what we see going on is we, we, we can't see Him. And when we can't see Him, we don't esteem Him. They didn't esteem Him. Because they couldn't see him. It's, they couldn't see the hero anymore. They could only see the broken man. And what happens in our life, that when Jesus was on the cross, he was broken. And all we could see was brokenness. But we couldn't see victory. We couldn't see what Jesus was doing. Because all we could see was the heartache of what we're going through. We can't see Jesus when we've got debt and we can't pay it. Do you know, in my life, we've, I've had to overcome um, poverty on many occasions and, and debt. and um, I've had many times when we've just had so much... Um, so much brokenness around just in the lack of finances. My, my father was, um, um, was almost crippled with arthritis. He was hit at the age of 28 with an arthritic um, condition that almost overnight his spine began to fuse. Um, he went through 15 years of agony as he lost four inches of height as his spine compressed uh, and he couldn't move. His head was stuck forward. He couldn't, 
He had limited movement in his jaw, in his shoulders, uh, in his legs, and uh, he could only walk one step at a time. He could um, barely get up and down the stairs at the worst point uh, in his life. And, and uh, I always remember as a, as a young child, a very, um, he was a very dogged, uh, strong-headed man that refused to give up. He'd been incredibly strong uh, as a young man and he refused to give up but he would struggle to get up the stairs he would, we would go for family walks and he would be miles down the back we would have to wait for him because he couldn't keep up and, and um, because of that we grew up in poverty because dad would, would work and he carried on working but he was slow and he couldn't get the jobs done and we had poverty and then I set up a business with him much later on when he was in his uh, 50s, he was a lot stronger by that point. He wasn't in, he had still had very limited movement, but he had no pain anymore. And, and um, so we, we had business, but the business was, it was difficult to get off the ground. And we had, had times when we just had so much hardship and financial hardship when we thought we were going to lose our house. We hadn't been paid for, hadn't drawn any money from the business for months, had no food in the, um, in the fridge. Um, there was, I remember, uh, you always all know the story, that the only thing left in the, the back of the cupboard was lentils. That's all we had in the house, lentils. And, uh, you know, I've discovered that everyone has got lentils. They're, they're all hiding in the back of the cupboard. It, it's just, um, it's, it's literally just behind the John West tuna. And, uh, uh, and so there are, there are sort of, there's foods that sort of get you by and you put in the cupboard, don't you? And, uh, and, and you never see them again until you kind of feel like you should throw it away. And, and uh, so, and that was our life. That was, the, the, there, were, there were times of financial hardship that I remember when we, we moved up here and we'd sold our business, we'd broken through a lot in our, in our um, but we had to start again by planning a church. And we started the church and within the, in the second, within the first and second year, there was such hard times. I remember that we would, um, we would go shopping and we had such a small amount of money um, we had £300 a month we had to live on. That was it. £300 a month for everything. Run a car, buy food, pay bills, everything. £300. That's what we were doing here in Aberdeen. And uh, I remember we would go and we would buy for a treat on Saturdays. We'd go to Asda and we would buy um, tortilla chips, 17 pence a packet. Five packets. And then we would get some... Um, I wouldn't get the salsa because that was too expensive. So I'd get um, like tomato, like pasta sauce that was cheaper and more nasty. And uh, I put a little bit of sugar in it and sort of um, some vinegar and stuff to make it more saucery and, uh, and some chili. We'd get some chilies and, uh, and some, grate some cheese and we would just grate, put it all on, put it on tortilla chips, stick it in the microwave. That was dinner. And we would... And that was, that was like, that was the meal. That was the Saturday night exciting. That was. And we would also, in Asda, they sold packets of, individual packets of noodles, nine pence a packet. And uh, we bought massive loads of them. It filled the trolley. Nine pence noodles. There we go. I'll become a Chinaman if it's the last thing I do.
And we had these, we're going through these, these hard times and, you know, in the agony, you're going, Jesus, why? Where are you? We're praying, but we're not getting money. We're getting noodles. <laughs> and, you know, we have, you have to understand that, that through the hard times, through the times when you feel like that everything's broken and, and everything lost, it's, it's like those are the times when Jesus can't be seen because you can't see, because you expect to see the hero in his beauty and his glory and all you can see is the heartache and the pain and the suffering. And it's at that moment in time that we realize that we didn't esteem him because all we could feel was the that which we were going through. We didn't esteem who he is and what he was doing. You see that the disciples, they didn't appreciate that what he was going through was going to set them free. You see, Jesus never fails to deliver on a promise despite your failure of understanding what he is doing. You know, when um, Cheryl uh, went into labor with uh, our kids, you know, Got to do the manly thing, stand there. Come on, darling, breathe. <laughs> and uh, that's another thing very few people understand, unless you be a husband and you've been there with them. <laughs> and uh, you've, got to, you've got to stand there with your, with your wife and encourage them to breathe. And while they're just thinking, going to kill you, going to kill you. And, and because, you know, Cheryl's going through labor, she's going through the, the agony of, of, of childbirth, but uh, the, she expects me to be there to encourage. Uh, her on, just say, I'm here, I'm there. You know, when Jesus was being arrested, he was taken away. He was doing all of that for his friends and he didn't have any encouragement. There wasn't anyone there. The, the, the best he got was silence because they didn't esteem him. And often what happens in our world is that when we're going through the heartache, the best we can achieve is silence. Because we don't esteem him. And sometimes we've got to step back and go, my Jesus, I want to thank you for the miracle breakthrough you're achieving in my life right now. You see, you see, when God comes into your world, he comes in to redeem and set you free. And the power of the cross takes that which is broken and that which is destitute and turns it into that which is victorious. And that which is overcoming. You see that the miracle power of salvation is that it is a paradox. If you're going to live, you've got to die. If you want to be healed, you've got to be broken. To be rich, you've got to be poor. To have eternal life, you have to die to yourself. You see, the paradox of the power of the cross, when Jesus is upon the cross... In his weakest moment, he was overcoming and powerfully destroying every work of wickedness that the world has ever known. Satan was destroyed in Jesus' weakest moment. And you know, I want you to understand, in Jesus' weakest moment, he can destroy all of the powers of darkness. What can he do in your life right now when he is the victor ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father on high. You see, we often feel like 
that it's going wrong. It's going wrong. I don't understand. Why is it going this way? Where is the brokenness? I remember my brother, um, he took over my... Um, I just turned my iPad off. Why did I do that? I do, he, uh, he, my brother, he, um, his business, um, which was he bought out my business. Uh, and then uh, a few years ago, um, he, the uh, business, he, he moved the shop into, into Eastbourne. It was a more central location and he had a lot more customers and business is going well and he was busy. And, uh, but then um, through a series of events, uh, trade began to turn down. The, the general trade was going bad anyway. I think it was, probably was around the 2008 time. And um, as well as that, um, the, his road got dug up when he was in the shop and, and they also put scaffolding up outside. You know, you see shops with scaffolding outside, they're the ones having a hard time because customers don't go in shops with scaffolding and it's like, and I always think about this because my brother lost his business in that time and, and the, the road was dug up so nobody could get down the road that he, he had a shop in and, and no one wanted to go in his shop anyway because there was scaffolding outside the shop and, and he, his whole business just suddenly went from being successful and profitable into the, just nosedived and, and just went down this, this plug hole and he lost the whole business and, and uh, there he is left penniless and uh, he's got all these debts that he needed, needed to pay um, with no way of paying them and you, you can see, you see, where is the beauty in that? Do you know today, through a series of miracles, he now uh, heads up um, uh, a, a Chinese, a Taiwanese company. They sell um, mattresses for, um, uh, medical mattresses for people, stop them from getting bed sores, and especially special. And he heads up this company in Europe. His personal turnover is running in the millions. And he's one of the biggest earning. In fact, he's the most successful agent they have in the world. And um, he, he just, he, he took on the job. They didn't even have any, any, they didn't even have a base here in the UK. They just had a base in Europe, something going on in, in, in Denmark. And, um, and Mike phoned them up and he said, look, I can sell your product. And that's what he did out of desperation. Today, you see, you see what happens in the destitution of destruction and brokenness, well, you see, Jesus is working a miracle in your life. Yes. You have to understand, see, see, He managed to hang on in faith, hang on and, and just stand there. And you know, the, this is uh, one of the most amazing things that when you're, when you're running a business, you, you buy in stock and then you sell it, but you've got 30 days to pay. Uh, and if you're a businessman and your cash flow is difficult, you might take 60 and uh, so he's buying in stock to sell it, but he's going bust. So he's selling it, but he can't pay for it. And so he's got bills to pay and the company's going downhill. And so, but then he, he knows this, these are, this is a company who's also got people to pay. And if he doesn't pay their bills, how's, how are they going to pay their bills? And so he's asking God for, to what to do. And God speaks to him and says, keep selling their stuff. And so he's, he cared. while he's going under, he puts a big sale. He starts, he keeps selling their products. And he takes all their orders without taking any deposits. And he takes this huge list of, of orders as he's closing down. Closing down sale is the best business day you'll ever have if you run a shop. 
put closing down on, you'll sell everything. People come from everywhere to, for a closing down sale. It's incredible. And, and all these people, they come, and he took orders, took orders, took orders, took orders. And he gave the orders direct to the company to whom he owned the money. He says, look, I can't pay for you, but if you sell all these products, this should clear it. And what ended up, he said a year later, after it was all done and he was, he was off doing something else, they came to him with a check for £1,000 and said, here's your commission. You see, you see, in the midst of all your heartache, in the midst of all your brokenness, God is working a miracle that you can't see or appreciate because you haven't esteemed him. So what is the time now? It's time to esteem him right now. Time to recognize that Jesus is working in the midst of your brokenness. He's working in the midst of your poverty. He's working in the midst of, of the family breakdown. He's working in the midst of saying, what? Is God in the middle of this? Yeah, he certainly is. What, did God make this happen? No, he didn't make it happen. But God is providing a solution. And he's providing a breakthrough that's better. You, the, the, Bible, the Bible says that we are a new creation. And we were singing it. It says in, in Corinthians that I am a new creation. The old has gone and I have been renewed, restored in Christ. You know, this is the amazing thing is that where we live around us there's lots of old steadings and all those old steadings are just crumbling down buildings of granite but you know you've, as you drive around you've seen the steadings that have been done up and the steadings that are done up they're a, they're a million times better than they ever were when they were built in the first place they were built to house cows and now they house people. They, they, they were built to be cold, drafty buildings that just took off the rain. And now they have central heating and they underfloor heating and beautiful oak beams and great, amazing fireplaces. Suddenly you've taken something which was a ramshackled shack. It's fallen down and gotten worse. And now it is a stunning home. This is the reality. Jesus Christ has made you a temple of the Holy Spirit. You were broken and you were destitute. But everything that was broken down has been cleared and you have been restored into something which is far more magnificent. It's time that we esteem Him. It's time that we recognize Him. It's time that we see that Jesus Christ has done the miracle that we need. Corrie Ten Boom said this, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting and tedious of all. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus flows out of you. She was speaking about the agony of life, that when you're trying to do stuff yourself, when you're not esteeming Him, you're seeing everything. But we need to turn and esteem him in your heartache you need to esteem him in your trial you need to esteem him if you esteem him then you can be filled with his presence and his spirit that has been poured out upon all mankind is there that we might have life and life in abundance Amen